Yeah, baby, let's get it. Hoorah! What a beautiful day to be alive. Smash that like. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. What's up, baby? How you doing? Make some noise. Brave citizens of the MAZ. This is your friendly neighborhood wave lord, Akira the Don. Good morning, good evening, good uh, day. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, it's meaning wave time. It's meaning wave time. It is a glorious day here in the MAZ. Oh, look at it. It's, I mean, it's a glorious day every day in the MAZ. Here in the MAZ, I don't know about, I don't know what's going on out there. I mean, all sorts of stuff's going on out there. Various competing factions are trying to build a new world, uh, trying to trying to dominate the next hundred years or whatever it is. Their foolery does not concern us. We regulate the vibes here at the MAZ. Today we made another powerful, bold step forward in our mission to regulate the shits out of those vibes. Today is indeed the greatest day to be alive in the history of days to be alive. Recorded, recorded. Get out, of your Your little Texas mosquito, yeah. It is the greatest day. The greatest day. Do you know why it's the greatest day? Because today has the Joe Rogan album in it. And the other days did not. The other days did not have the Joe Rogan album. Well, I mean, I suppose if you count like late last night or in Australia, but we won't count Australia. They're only our second largest market. We won't count that. 
This is the day that the Joe Rogan album was available all over the world. All over the world. There was not a day like that before. In the history of days. In the history of days. What up, Druff42 says, it's a masterpiece. You've outdone yourself. Not again. How could we? That's just not fair. That's just not fair. Regulators! Mount up. Mount F ye up, brothers and sisters. Mount ye the heck up. How the, how the goodness are you? How the goodness are you? You know, people normally say they normally say, how the devil are you? Why would you say that? Why would you put, why, why bring the devil into this? Do we need to bring the devil into this? Don't we have enough problems? Why don't we bring some peace and joy and love? Huh? How the God are you? How the glory are you? Come on, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Hansen's in the house. Says, go be awesome. Drift42 says, so much clout. I feel there has been a clout increase. I mean, it makes sense. Clouticus. Yeah, yeah. Milman Dan says, incremental improvement achievement unlocked. Well, yes. I mean, actually, today, in incremental improvements on the stream... You know how we just let's make things a little better every day. A little better every day, a little better all the time. I don't remember how that song goes. But that's what we do every day a little bit better. And today, for the first time in the history of... Uh, what should I call this streaming studio? I mean, it's MAC, right? Mass Studios Dripping Springs. Mass Studios Dripping Springs. Uh, we've got consistent lighting. I don't know if you can see, but for the first time... Oh, could you see on that one over there? If you're listening on the podcast, I guess I'll describe. It used to be that I was in a room and there was a big light on it. There was windows on one side and it's not even a room. It's just like a big area in the upstairs of the house, like a big area. And there's loads of light coming in from either direction. And it was very difficult to get consistent light in here. There's no light coming in here anymore apart from the light that I demand. The light of my choosing. There are great big soundproof curtains up over there, and there's um, some baker foil over there blocking out the windows. We've got consistent lighting. So today, in incremental improvements, for the first time, we have consistent lighting. In fact, this is the first time in streaming history, because in the previous setup, which was our house, after Tom Hanks and his filthy disease got us yeeted out of Don Studios LA, we were in the house, we were streaming there. That didn't have consistent lighting. And when we were in Don Studios... Uh, we were, we were only streaming there for a week, so that didn't count. So here we are. We've got consistent lighting. Incremental improvements. Matthew Lally, ATD on the JRE before the conclusion of 2020. You see, I like your little affirmation-y. I like your, uh, your prayers, you know? You come in here, you drop that in there. That's righteous. That's just righteous. It happened, baby. It happened. How how are you all enjoying? Let's okay. Let's we're gonna start doing the international high five at the beginning of the broadcast. We're gonna start doing that now. Now we discussed it this morning on the on the morning stream. It seems silly. It's it's so random. It's all over the place. Maybe you like the element of surprise. I think we should do it at the beginning. So for the international high five today, simple question. Simple question. Where did you come from today to get to the MAC? And uh, what do you think of the uh, Joe Rogan album? Simple question. One word for each. Where you come from? What do you think of the Joe Rogan OP? You can use more words. Sorry. You can use more words. I like you. 
I like you, Matt Lally. Matt Lally just visualizing what you want, writing it down every day. That's epic. That's epic. Imagine what you can do. Here's the thing, you know, once upon a time, it was just me. It was just me visualizing, writing it down. I got some pretty impressive results. And, you know, along the way, uh, I found a beautiful woman, you know. And we became something of a team. And then there was two of us, you know, writing it down, visualizing what we wanted, making it happen. Grew more powerful. Then we had a little baby boy, you know. And now he's, he's joining in too. And uh, now we've got the whole M-A-Z. Now there's all of us here and we can all dream a dream together, brothers and sisters. We can all dream a beautiful dream and we can make that dream real. Heck, why not? Goodness, why not? Blessed stuff, why not, eh? Why not? We are here. We are powerful. Uh, we are God. Uh, the Bible is an instruction manual. You know, just replace the word God with you. Ooh, sauce, drip. Ooh, ooh, sauce, drip. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, let's see what's going on. Let's see what's happening out here in Chatland. Austin, Texas, Jacob Chapa. The album, Experience, Akira the Don Rogan, life-changing. Eric Pral, Austin, fire. Kailash Rastat Nekov, he says it feels like it works, so why wouldn't we try? Feels like it works. Joe's Bakery, Edinburgh, it's growing on me. Nice. Bruno Neves, Portugal, the new album is awesome. Caden Alson, USA, Georgia. USA, USA. Multiverse Media Space came here from sadness and says, amazing, amazing. Robert Easley coming to MAZ from Chicago and love the Joe Rogan album. It is fantastic. Cedric Tej, Texas, deep. Lex Wiseman, Philly, speechless. David Howe, Philadelphia, beautiful. Makes me want to be a hero. Yes, mission accomplished. Chris Austin, endless road construction. Ego Cognis, little rock, little rock, chimping out. Chris Allen. Got to get 100 likes so Spectrum stops dying. They've been good so far today, huh? Keep them things crossed, baby. Spagandi and Flafla fell asleep halfway through the broadcast. Got to listen the next day when I got after it. That's nice. Carolina Hayes, Los Angeles area. Uh, two Monkeys and Hero, my favorites from Rogan Album. Good. Good. That is wonderful. Uh, how's Los Angeles? Is it okay? Is everyone okay? Is it holding together? Uh, YouTube Hero Alex says so smash that like and share that stream link on the socials. Good point. Pay attention to YouTube Hero Alex. He knows what he's talking about. What up, Matt Lally? Fort Lauderdale, Fla Fla. Experience was so dope that it influenced bystanders when I was playing it. <laughs> yeah. Influence those bystanders, baby. Whether they're innocent or not. Blunt Trauma's in the house. What's up, baby? Salsa, Oklahoma, impeccable. Sean Rhino, Flafla, inspired. Locktaka, Schlaw, Massachusetts. I'm absolutely loving that album. I mean, it's, what is it? What are we on so far? It's like a Rotten Tomato 100. Shoot. Cosmic Kangaroo, Quack Splash, Shabba. Good point, well made. Spagandi, probably for the best. It'd have me lots to think about, indeed. Headstart Consulting, one, Canada. Two, beautiful album. Hold yourselves accountable, folks. That's a good message from Canada there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Jason Fortune, Kansas. Kansas. What a beautiful Kansas. Uh, inspirational, amazing, powerful, strong. Strong. Powerful, strong. Thank you. John Hansen, Colorado. Loving every minute. Every minute. Uh, Steve Mann says, The Rogan album made my day. From Delaware. Chris, here in Utah. The new Rogan is my favorite. Blimey. <coughs> Excuse me. I had a lot... 
had a lot of messages from today from people saying it's the best one yet, it's their favorite yet, all that, which is wonderful, you know. That's very exciting. Very exciting. What up, Rambro5000? Just donated five bucks and got a great big epic picture on the screen. Shouts out to you, baby. Bless you. Milman Dan in Melbourne, Wicked Psychotech. What up, Aurora? Says, I bless you and your family. Bless you and your family. Apocalypse Jack is in the house. I feel bad to get the album for nothing. Why? Why do you feel bad? Why would you feel bad? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful day to be alive here at the big recorded human history, says Gustavo Gomez. Gustavo Gomez is correct. Correct. MH Digital Web in Las Vegas. The album's been on repeat. Joshua Tran in Seattle. Monkeys in Space. All Space. Caroline H. Los Angeles is hot. And lots of fires are burning. Bad air. Wait, fires are burning in Los Angeles? They set it on fire again? Who who set it on fire this time? Or is it the trees? And did they set the trees on fire again? Ugh. What's, who's doing this? Is it ideologically possessed or like uh, heat gun, heat rays? What is it? Uh, are you okay? I mean, I guess you're here. Anyway, love to you and your family. Love to you and your family. And shouts out to everybody locked in. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you all are enjoying the album. We're going to listen to it tonight. We're going to talk about it. We're going to listen to it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about where it came from, why it came from, how it came. Two years in the making, that album. Well, okay. We'll work it out. Here's something for someone to do. Some sleuth out there. Can you look up when we released I Don't Want to Hear That? When did I want? I Don't Want to Hear That drop? on YouTube, because that's when this journey started, this particular one. Let's do the international high five. It binds us together across space and time, is what it does. So what happens is you go, we all do a high five at exactly the same time, across space and time. That's what's interesting about it. There's some people who listen to this on the podcast in three weeks, and they're doing it. We're doing it together across space and time at the same time. It feels like it works. The idea is that everybody puts their energy in, and everybody gets all of that energy. It's like Jesus and the fishes. It feels like it works. Feels like it works, baby. Uh, it feels like it works. Feels like it works. So let's try it. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey. Thank you, Alan. You got to do the click clap blam. If you're listening at home, you don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm gonna go click clap blam, and I'm gonna pull my. I'm gonna cock back the arm. All right, to do the countdown, and then the high five. Boom! Three. We do that. I forgot my own custom. Three, two, one. Whoa! 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 That was a powerful one. Did you feel that? Did you feel that deep inside? Deep inside. Yeah, there you go. Well, it was June the 5th, 2018. June 5th, 2018. In the very, very long, long ago, it was a different time. You know, it was before uh, Tom Hanks and his filthy disease got together with the communist Chinese to bring the world to their knees. They failed, of course. We're still here. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't bound for nobody. We aren't on our knees. We don't do that. We stand up straight with our shoulders back. That's how we get down. But anyway, you know, it was another world. It was another time. It was another place. And a young, uh, a young wave lord called Akira was... Inventing a psychotechnology that came to become known as Meaning Wave. That wave of meaning, you know, combining meaningful speech with wave music. Music of waviness. Wavy music, baby. Wavy music. And, uh, you know, we did. Uh, Pizio Cat says, in this time, it's a more important album than OK Computer. Very well said. Very good point. I agree with you entirely. 
I entirely, MH Digital Web says, experience is so, worth so much more than the $5 I've just donated, but I'm just broke, lol, and I'm grateful for your vibes, Don. You beautiful swine. You beautiful beast. God bless you. Now, I made a song, basically. I made a song. I made a Joe Rogan song. Joe Rogan says lots of cool stuff, you know? He says lots of cool stuff. I think up until that point, I'd done mostly philosophers. I'd never done a self-proclaimed meathead before, you know? But that self-proclaimed meathead, I felt, was a very, very important cultural figure. Some, some are now calling him the Walter Cronkite of the internet age, but it's more than that. It's way more than that. What this person has done, this individual, Joseph Rogan, uh, he's done many things. One of the things he's done is bring voices and conversations to the fore that had never been allowed anywhere near the fore before. He built a great big platform. The early days of the JRE, which is a podcast, it was his podcast. It was just him and his comedian homies, just, just, just him and his comedian homies, uh, hanging around, eating psychedelics, smoking weed, chatting about stuff the way that people do. I bet it was recorded and you could listen to it. And for many people... Many people didn't necessarily have access to cool people to talk to. You know, many people, perhaps they just had these conversations amongst themselves, maybe just them or them and a friend or whatever. It made them feel connected to a larger world and it introduced them to this ever-increasing cast of characters and voices and new ideas, be they, uh, you know, Graham Hancock and Egypt being older than perhaps she thought it was. And then, uh, be it like, you know, there were some doctors and sports people and comedians and, and also just this whole world of of mind and body and spirit of physicality and potential and uh, idea all of this this whole big wonderful world you know it was a very important thing that he did a very powerful thing that he did and in doing so you know it turned out he also had a great deal to say that was very very useful and you know it comes down to some core messages and uh, I've, what I've done with this album is include those core messages, what I believe to be the fundamental, the foundational core messages. But the first track, the first track was that get them the fuck away from me. Get them the F away from me. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that shit. Which was a lovely, beautiful, very, very powerful, very, very energetic song uh, all about, you know, um, getting uh, poisonous energies the heck away from you. And we'll talk about that later. But anyway, we did that, you know, and the record was very popular. It was very popular. It's like when I did the first Be a Plumber with Jordan B. Peterson. It was instantly very popular. People instantly gravitated towards it. Some things did just like instant, you know. To this day, I do believe that first uh, Rogan song is one of the biggest things on our YouTube channel. I think it might be the biggest individual track. You know, the, the, some of the waves are bigger. Some of the full-length records are bigger and... And, you know, my, uh, my cover version of G-Dragon's Crooked remains the biggest video on that channel. <laughs> and uh, once you see it, you'll know why. But, yeah, that first Rogan single, very, very big. Over a quarter of a million streams on YouTube alone, you know. And pretty much every day since, people have been asking me to put it on Spotify. Kira the Don, put that record on Spotify. Kira the Don, please put that record on Spotify. Kira the Don, could you put that record on Spotify? Could you put that record on Well, and I would say I would love to. I would love to, but I got to get Joe Rogan's permission. I don't go putting things on Spotify without people's permission if they're alive. You know, if they're dead, I can't very well get their permission. Uh, you know, I can hunt down their uh, relatives and stuff, but I can't be asking uh, dead people. But uh, live people, you know, particularly live people, uh, you know, who who uh, who I respect so very much, who have done so much for the culture, who have done so much to advance us, who have done so much to uh, to speed up the. 
uh, consciousness upgrade of the human animal over the past decade or so or more. A huge, huge amount of uh, consciousness upgrading was done over the past 10 years. A whole lot of people went from zero to 100 on some real shit. And your boy, Dr. Joseph Rogan, had a great deal to do with that. Let it never, never be understated the importance of that man's work. People sit around and bitch and moan, oh, he said this, and oh, he said he's going to vote for this guy, and oh, he did this, and oh, he didn't have that person on, and oh, he said, shut up, he's done amazing. He created this world, and he put he created a place where all these people could come, and you could you could hear these people. Gosh, gosh, bless it. Gosh, bless it. But I said, no, 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 I can't be doing, uh, I can't be putting out no Joe Rogans on no Spotify's and none of that without permission. And, uh, you know, that makes you think, well, how will one get permission? And I thought, I figured, well, you know, I, I tried to send an email via the website, but obviously, you know, you don't see those, you know. And I thought, well, eventually, I guess you'll just hear something, you know. And uh, it'll just, you know, it'll just happen naturally. I'll just keep being great. Clout will keep increasing and eventually our paths will cross or something like that, you know. And eventually it'll, it'll come together. Eventually we'll have like a person in common and it will just make sense. And, and uh, well, what happened was is uh, in, what year is it? 2020. In spring of 2020, uh, just after Tom Hanks came to town with his filthy disease, and uh, had me yeeted out of my studio in downtown Los Angeles and had me set up a little one in the in the crib in West Hollywood. We, we were like, well, we basically decided we were going to have to move to Texas. And we knew uh, that our Los Angeles adventure was coming to a close. And uh, then something happened. Uh, a mutual... Basically, we, I had, uh, we had like a, uh, a mutual person like a person that uh i knew that knew dr joseph and uh that person uh chris odell uh asked joseph if joseph would uh mind akira the don releasing a joseph uh album and uh and that's how it happened and uh he said yeah cool and put me in touch with his people and we had a conversation and all that and uh permission was given baby and I was like, wow, this is it. One last album to be made. One last album to be made in California. Because I knew I was going to Texas, you know. And I had one more album to make. And that album was for one of uh, Los Angeles' most beloved and most useful and most powerful residents. One last sun-kissed California album. And it was going to be this album. And it was amazing because I knew what the album needed to sound like. I'd always known. I'd had it in my head for two years. I'd known exactly what it was going to sound like. I knew exactly how it was going to begin. I knew exactly the feel of the whole thing. It's, it's, a, very, it had a, it's a very California drenched sounding thing. And it would be the last Meaning Wave album made in Los Angeles. And it starts a little something like this. Akira. 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 Yeah. Akira. It's for the heroes.
write down what you would like to fix about your life. If you're 30 pounds overweight, you want to lose 30 pounds? Do it the right way. Write down what you eat. Exercise every day. Force yourself to do it. The brain is the general, the troops of the body, and you get up and you do it. And then you get to write it down. You know, you're doing what you got to do to get by, but ultimately you're not respecting yourself. I think we all have a certain amount of appreciation and respect for hero figures. We all look at the guy who never lies, always does the right thing, and fucking helps everybody out, and that's the John Wayne character. You know, that's, that's the ultimate hero. The ultimate hero. You have to be the hero of your own story. And you can do that. You have to be the hero of your own story. And you can do that. And when you look at your own life, you don't stack up, you're a thief, you stole money from your wife's purse, and you don't want to smoke cigarettes, but you fucking have to, you can't deal with the stress and smoke. You devalue yourself, you slowly yeah. start devaluing yourself. You look at yourself and you realize that if you were judging yourself, you would judge yourself like fate. You can't pretend you're the hero of your story. Hero of your story. Most people get stuck in these patterns, find themselves in the person who doesn't follow through on their ideas. When I start things and I quit, no you don't. No, you have started things and you quit and it gives you a horrible sense of regret that's made you define yourself by that. You're not who you were a year ago. You're not who you were five years ago. You're not who you were last week. So you've got to regulate how much you dwell on regrets of the past. You really got to be careful. Yeah, baby. Your own story that at 40 years of age, stopped, got out of bed, and said, I'm not doing this anymore. Hey. I'm not doing this anymore. Hey. And I'm going to get myself in shape, and I'm going to eat healthy. And I'm going to do this. Do this. Because this is, this is me now. This, this, this is, is me, me now. now. I decide that this is me. And people have to realize that you are not your past. You are not all the yeah. times you fucked up, but not all the times you were drunk. That's not you. That's, that's not you. You are the person who's learned from a great deal of experience. This, this is a battle that you will fight for the rest of your life. But the key is to fight it, not to give in. Don't give in to that resistance. Yeah. Fight that resistance. And in doing so, every day you do so, you have won the battle for that day. You will continue to fight that battle. You have to be the hero of your own story. And you can do that. You have to be the hero of your own story. And you can do that. You have to be the hero of your own story. And you can do that. You have to be the hero. Story. And you can do that. Yeah!
of your own story, which is you. to be the hero and uh, of course that was the opening song of course that was the the introduction of course that was the right way to kick it off you know we made this album this album was made in a month uh, i was planning it for two years i had it in my head for two years but i executed it in a month uh pretty much uh in the last month in los angeles i literally finished it the last day i was in los angeles that very last day, I was putting the final touches to it. The final touches were, by the way, uh, that gospel choir bit on that first track, as I recall. So it was funny because, uh, you know, I start the record. It was that weird little period earlier this year. Do you remember the bit when uh, Tom Hanks and his, his, his stinky disease, all that was... Uh, when it was, like, first cracking, and everyone stopped talking about stupid shit. For a little moment, everyone was so stunned... By, uh, t- you know, by uh, Tom Hanks and his filthy disease. Everyone was so stunned by all that that they stopped bickering about politics and they stopped uh, being ideologically possessed for about a week. Do you remember? It's like everyone shut up about all the dumb shit. And uh, I was in Los Angeles and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. And there wasn't a plain smear in the sky. It was just pure skies, the skies of a, of, of a lost childhood. Skies you don't get no more, you know? Those were the skies. And when I got that phone call confirming, yes, you, you can do this record. I was up on the roof and it was one of them skies. So, uh, what, new, what new world is this? What's it going to be? You know, and uh, I, was fi- I was finishing the Alan Watts record. Is that what I was doing, or was I doing the Scott Adams record? I can barely remember now. But anyway, I got that confirmation, then I did some other things, and then I got into Then I sat down and did the Rogan album. And, and when I started the Rogan album, where I lived in Los Angeles, and I was getting, I knew I was leaving and all that, uh, it was all shut down. It was one of the busiest parts of Los Angeles before. It was Melrose. The, it was kind of the fashion-y place. It was where everyone went, where, uh, where all the hype beasts went and got their clothes, and all the cool kids went and skateboarded and all that, you know, and it was a, just a ghost town. And I watched, it was a, when I started the record, it was a ghost town. And uh, then in the middle of the record, they set the whole place on fire and smashed everything up and like burnt the buildings down and everything got boarded up and like just covered in crazed ideologically uh, possessed graffiti. Like the whole thing went from like perfect stillness and, and beauty to, to this strange thing. And then it all just like, just set on fire, baby. All the while. And it's funny because it just sounded like the record in place. It was, it was California burning, you know? California burning. 
And it kind of sounds like that, you know? You got, uh, and that's this thing that Rogan has. Because Rogan, he's like, got half of him is this kind of like Californian, sunny. Uh, this is the way I, I, I approach it musically, right? So half of it is this, this sunny, Californian, hippie, kind of like feel-good type. And then the other half is this monster, this beast, this savage, this like, this warrior type spirit, you know? It's these two things smashing together. Like the discipline, punching the hippie in the face, but the hippie responds with a with a hug that's just as powerful, you know? Somehow it's like what happens when the uh, unstoppable force meets the immovable object. But the unstoppable force is discipline, and the immovable object is a beautiful hippie with a, you know, with a joint in hand and uh, in the lotus position, like smiley half asleep, you know what I mean? It's them vibes. <laughs> It's them vibes, baby. And, uh... It all seems so long ago now. It all seems so long ago now. One of the strange things that someone pointed out to me the other day is there were three Rogan tracks that I did, and I just put them on YouTube, and they didn't go on Spotify. I said I was not going to do it till I got permission, and I'm, and I'm really glad that that's what we did, you know? And, uh, the, uh, was it the second one? I believe was Do Something. And Do Something's interesting because Do Something is, is based around a conversation that Joseph, uh, Dr. Joseph Rogan <laughs> had with Michaela Peterson, daughter of uh, Dr. Jordan, you know, who, uh, who was one of the, who gave birth to the Meaning Wave universe, along with me. We both came back to it together with a song called Be a Plumber. And his daughter went on the Joe Rogan podcast and, and they had this conversation, part of which became this song, the second Joe Rogan song. And... But at exactly the same time that conversation was happening, I was in Don Studios, Los Angeles, and I was visited by Eric Weinstein. He came and knocked on the door and said, Hi, Gary the Don. What are you up to? And I turned the cameras on and I just streamed it. That was the first time we met. So at the same time, that was going on. That other thing was going on. And there's something interesting about that. And we'll probably hear more about that later on. Not uh, later on in in life, because there's more to that story. I don't know about that. What? Some of them, maybe. What are you talking about? But I think some of them just don't have discipline. Really? There's also an issue with momentum. Really? You're doing it. It's not a part of your life. It's not something you're hey. into pushing yourself. There's been many, 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 many days. Hey, Adrian Stump, who says a Graham Hancock album would be awesome. Force. You spelt will incorrectly. Adrian Stump. You spelt will incorrectly. Skill. You have to have, like, real rigid requirements of yourself where you don't allow yourself to back out of things. Kira, 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 Kira. Yeah! Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Excuses are a giant part of the problem. It's not simply a physical health issue. There's also mental aspects of it, and discipline's a big one. I just know way too many people who are weak mentally. I can't just chalk it off to only the way they physically feel. Because I felt like shit a hundred times, and then I worked out, and then I felt way better. It's just a fact of life. That's real. Do something. Do something, do something, do something, do something, do something. People don't know how to do, do 
something uh in my first version of the arrangement of this album uh that track came a bit later but uh then i was like no nah, the album needs to kick you in the dick you know what i mean so you, you need some power right up front initially i had this second you know it's always important with these things you're doing it al- it depends on the album right but if you're doing an album that's about a person and it's telling the story of that person in a way it's presenting uh, it's presenting them it's presenting their their core ethos their message but you know for you to fully appreciate that message you need to know where it comes from you know it's, it's like we often talk about here in the MAZ here in the Meaning Wave Autonomous Zone uh, you gotta embody it you can't just be chatting about it you know, it's, it's useless just chatting about it. Don't do nothing. 
You got to live it. You know, you got to embody it. You got to be it. That's the most powerful thing you can do is you can be it. You know, if you walk around being it, that's something for people to look at and say, shoot, wow, that's, you know, you can post some inspirational shit on Instagram all day long, but if you ain't living that life, baby, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't inspiring nobody and you ain't doing nothing useful. In fact, you're a lie. Your existence is a lie. And in fact, you're, you're causing problems with the galaxy. You don't want to be causing problems with the galaxy, you dig? Now, uh, so it was important to tell the story of your boy, Joseph. And he's got a deep story, you know, and it was important to tell that story. And, you know, it's a much bigger story that could be told in a whole album, you know, so I had to choose, I had to ch- carefully choose uh, which stories to present and, uh, and things of that nature. <laughs> but I was very lucky. I was very lucky because a friend, you know, a friend of, uh, a, a friend of the wave, uh, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson had actually done a bunch of the work for us and sat down. Because here's the thing with Joseph Rogan. Nobody knows that much about him. He'd done a million podcasts and he doesn't really talk about himself that much. He's always talking to other people. You know certain things about him, you know what I mean? You know he likes to kick people in the head. You know, you know he's, you know, he's a comedian. And uh, you know he, uh, he likes discipline and DMT. You know, all the D's. He's about that D life, you know? He's into the D's. Discipline, DMT. There's probably another D I could have thought of to, to, to round that out. But uh, your boy Jordan B. Peterson, the good doctor, sat down with him and asked him some probing questions, you know? And uh, alongside, the whole album was sourced from various uh, JREs, apart from these kind of these important, like, backstory songs the collection of backstory songs to flesh out that story you know to give you that important background to give you that context and those came from dr jordan b peterson so shout out to dr jordan b peterson who just continues to bless us continues to bless us in so many so many so many so many ways and one thing i learned from this song is that dr joseph rogan and i have a similar origin story in that uh we both wanted to draw comic books and both ended up doing something else. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go back to Boston. Okay. Okay. So you said that's really where things started for you. So you moved there when you were yeah. 13. First of all, like what kind of kid were you in school? If ADD is real, I certainly had it. And I was very, very interested in what I was interested in. I was very uninterested in people telling me what to do. Essentially couldn't wait to get out of school. But I would excel at things that I had interest in. Initially it was art, so I wanted to be a comic book illustrator until I really got into martial arts. And martial arts became the focus of my life. Around 14, 15 years old, that's when I really became massively obsessed. And that was really the first thing that I ever did where I really didn't feel like a loser. Like, I really felt like, oh, I actually have some talent. I actually can be exceptional. It was like something, because I, you know, I grew up constantly moving, didn't really have a lot of friends. I would be new in this town. I'd get picked on. I wasn't a big kid. And there was a lot of issues with that psychologically. I didn't like being afraid of other kids. 
I didn't like not knowing what to do. I ran into kids that were gonna bully me and pick on me. You know, martial arts changed that 180 degrees. And then it, I became someone who I would be afraid of. You know, I became the opposite of what I was. And then it, I became someone who I would be afraid of. So what I was was someone who was terrified of conflict, didn't know what to do, and what I became was a Taekwondo champion. I became a martial arts champion. I knew how to fight. How did it come about? It was very fortunate. I'd done a little bit of martial arts training, then one day I was in Boston for a Red Sox game, and as I was walking home to the train station, I decided to go check out the J. Hun Kim Taekwondo Institute. It was right there. So I went up the stairs, and as I was walking up the stairs, a guy named John Lee was training. I heard this crazy sound, but it turned out to be this man kicking this bag and slamming his heel into this bag and having the chain snap and rattle the thud of his heel slamming into this leather bag. I got up there and I watched this guy work out. I couldn't believe a person could do that. I've never seen anybody kick something so hard in real life. Anybody that had such incredible martial arts skill like this guy did, John Lee, who became a mentor of mine. That changed everything. I was there the next day. I talked to them. They gave me a brochure and a pamphlet. I was probably there every day of my life until I was 22 years old. Just complete, completely by luck wandered into one of the best schools in the world for Taekwondo. I just got lucky. I got really, really, really lucky. I became someone who I would be afraid of. You know, I became the opposite of what I was. And then it, I became someone who I would be afraid of. You know, I became Right away, my instructor recognized that I was pretty obsessed and I was physically pretty talented. So he had me teaching classes instead of paying. One of the best ways for someone to get good at martial arts is actually to teach. He actually refines your technique. You think about it more. I was 14 or 15 by the time I got to that school. I had my black belt by the time I was 17 and I was competing in the adult division by then. I won the state championship when I was 18 and I won it every year from then until I stopped. Luckily with high school, kids heard about it right away. One of the kids you go to school with is flying all over the country, kicking people in the head. They just avoided me. People avoided me. Junior and senior year, I'd already become this weird kid that was obsessed with martial arts. I spent most of my life, from the time I was 15 till I was 21, training and competing. I probably fought over 100 times, 100% singular, uniquely singular, but I avoided most of the pitfalls, high school partying and all that stuff. I didn't do that because I was scared of getting hurt. I was scared if I showed up for training hungover that I'd get beat up. I was scared of anything that would take 
even a tiny bit away from my performance as a fighter because I was obsessed with it. I became someone who I would be afraid of. You know, I became the opposite of what I was. And then it, I became someone who I would be afraid of. You know, I became the opposite of what I was. Yo, what up, ISF Data Science? Says, I just want to stop by and say I've been listening to the new album all day. It's absolutely perfect. Every part of it. Thank you, brother. Hey, thank you, brother. Shouts out to everybody looked in. Everyone that's been listening to that record. Make some noise for turning yourself into someone you'll be afraid of. And this one makes some noise for Q. Make some noise for young Q, who uh, who did these chords, these chords right here. Q is uh, is Hercules' little best friend. Lives in Canada. I think he's eight now, and uh, he sent me these chords. Shouts out Q for the chords, baby. Fought from the time I was 15, and I think I had my last fight. It was either I was... And happy birthday, too. The last three fights were kickboxing fights, and I had those while I was doing stand-up comedy. I was spreading myself too thin. I was working a bunch of different jobs. I was working delivering newspapers. I was working as a private investigator's assistant. I did some construction. I did a bunch of different odd jobs to make a living. I had three kickboxing fights, and I was entertaining the idea of fighting professionally. But I was also starting to get really worried about brain death. I did a lot of boxing, sparring, and a lot of what you would call gym wars, where guys would just, we would beat the shit out of each other. And you'd get hurt, and you'd come home with headaches. You basically were fighting in the gym. The gyms that I came up in were real hard-nosed, really, you know, tough gyms. If you weren't tough, you did not survive, and they weren't interested in anybody that couldn't take a shot or anybody that wasn't willing to go to war. So you would put on a mouthpiece, you put on a cuff, you put your shin pads on, and you beat the fuck out of each other. And that was a big part of learning how to fight. You would fight all the time, fight, fight all the time. I'd have to fight several days a week. You would fight, you would fight all the time, fight, fight all the time. You would fight, you would fight, you would fight would make some of the people laugh and train it. Because we were always nervous. Every When we would go to tournaments, we were nervous. Because, you know, I'd seen many of my friends get knocked unconscious in the car, get kicked in the head, taken to hospitals. And, you know, I'd seen it in the gym, too. A lot of guys getting beat up and knocked down. It was constant. It happened to me a couple of times. I'd been hurt. 
So we had this gallows humor. We would go to these events. The tension be so thick. Everybody taking deep breaths and trying to relax and just stay loose before you fight. And I would be the class clown. It was a charged environment. So anything that I said that was actually funny would get a giant reaction. And that became addictive. You would fight all the time. Fight, fight, all the time. I'd have fights. Several days a week. You would fight, you would fight all the time. Fight, fight, all the time. You would fight, you would fight, you would fight all the time. You would fight all the time. Fight, fight, all the time. I'd have fights. Several days a week. You would fight, you would fight all the time. Fight, fight, all the time. You would fight, you would fight, you would fight all the time. My take on it was you think I'm funny because you're my friend. But I think people are going to think I'm an asshole. Like the things that I think are funny are fucked up. Like I have a fucked up sense of humor. I mean, here I am devoting most of my time trying to get really good at knocking people unconscious, trying to separate people in their consciousness. So I was just doing my best every day to get good at that. So I was trying to hurt people. That's what I was trying to get good at. I was trying to get good at hurting human bodies. I was such a weirdo. No one would think that the things that I was making fun of were funny. But I knew from martial arts that if I worked really hard at something, I could get good at it. And I had this thought that maybe I could do that with comedy because I didn't want to fight anymore. I mean, for a person who's been through what I've done with my body, my body works remarkably well. But the brain damage thing, I don't know. I really don't know. I really sit back and think about some of those wars that I was in. And my last fight, I got TKO'd. I got stopped. I got hit with a left hook and dropped. My legs went out from under me, and then I got up, and I got hit again, fell down again, they stopped the fight. That was when I decided I'm going to stop. I know where this is going. I, I saw guys at the gym with punch drop slurring their words, they would forget things. And I had seen some people progress towards that. And it was very, very disturbing. And I'd be lying in bed at night after a hard sparring session, my head would be pounding. I would think, what am I doing to my fucking brain? Like, what am I doing to myself? I got real lucky that I found stand-up comedy. You would fight all the time. You would fight all the time. I'd have fights several days a week. You would fight, you would fight all the time. Fight, fight all the time. You would fight, you would fight. Yo, make some noise for the aversion of massive brain damage. That was a smart move by your boy there. That was a smart move.
Now, the funny thing about that track is that that track, on a completely different beat, would have been a completely different track. Now, that's all tracks, right? But, you know, that could have been on, on, on like, a hype beat or something. It would have been a completely different thing. But uh, it was very important for me to give it the necessary gravitas and kind of beauty and slight bit of sweetness uh, that the, the, the story required. I know, it came out real cool. She has had to cue for the chords, for the chord progression there. as an ill chord progression. Bad man cue. She has said, everybody locked in. How you all doing? How you all doing? Jose Talvera says, bro, you should do... Do DJ on special events. What special events? I mean, that's what I used to do back in the day. Back in the day when there was, a, we used to be allowed outside. You know, I used to DJ all sorts of special events. I was a special events kind of guy, baby. I DJed all sorts of special events. I DJed the SpaceX Christmas party. There's a special event for you. Hey. Shout out to everyone doing push-ups. Everyone in the chat doing push-ups, that's epic. All the girls standing in the line for the bathroom. All the wavy individuals doing push-ups in the chat room. Yo, come on. For those asking, the, in- the instrumentals are dropping uh, next Friday, actually. The instrumentals are dropping next Friday. Uh, I designed the, I did the artwork this morning, actually. A little bit late. I would rather be ahead of time, but, you know, moving state. We moved state, baby, and still kept that ad- album schedule rocking. You know? And that's dope to me. It's this fear of discomfort. People have this extreme yeah, get after it, baby. feeling in their mind. It's get after it o'clock. Associations with exercise. They want to avoid discomfort. They feel like any type of exercise is just like something to be avoided. That's not for me. Fuck that. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to strain. I don't want to sweat. sweat. I don't want to strain. strain. A lot of times this association that they have is about the beginnings of getting in shape. It's not about once you're actually fit. Because once you're actually fit and you look forward to it, it feels great. If I can't get a workout in, I look at my schedule and go, oh shit, I don't have any time for a workout, which means I'm not going to get that good feeling. Get get that good feeling. And so instead of looking at it like, oh, I've got to go grunt and sweat, I'm thinking I'm not going to feel good. I'm not going to feel relaxed. I'm not going to feel carefree. Even appreciative, like my appreciation of things, and it gets enhanced greatly after exercise. I just feel better at most people, their associations are to avoid anything that's uncomfortable. It's so illogical. Discomfort is your friend. It really is. Discomfort, not being happy and content with certain situations in life. They're massive, massive motivators. They're amazing at facilitating change. Yet our instinct is to avoid those and just sit on the couch and watch some fucking reality show. It's bizarre. But when I get really disciplined and really consistent with my workouts. I almost feel momentum. I feel like there's push behind me, like, all right, yeah, now I'm doing sweat. I want to strain. I want to sweat. I want to strain. I want to sweat. I want to strain. I want to sweat. I want to strain. Get that good feeling. Get that good feeling. Get that good feeling. I want to sweat. I want to strain. 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 I want to swe
sweat, I wanna strain, I wanna sweat, I wanna strain. Yeah, that good feeling. Yeah, that good feeling. Yeah, that good feeling. Shazaz at the whole chat getting after it. Look at everyone in the chat getting after it. Someone just done 20 push-ups. Someone's real getting after it. Come on, baby. Come on. Now, you know, some of y'all may know uh, a couple of beats on this album. Or like early versions of them. Earlier versions of them were on earlier projects, right? And it's something I used to do quite a lot in Meaning Wave. In the early days of Meaning Wave, I was basically just like raiding all my old beats and repurposing them how I was able to move so fast in the early days. It was also I was like trying to work out what I was doing and work out the sound, you know? But I had a couple of beats that were for the Rogan album, basically. 
that uh, from the very early, early days of just imagining, imagineering or whatever, you know, um, and I, I didn't, I held on to them, you know, I didn't do nothing with them. I saved them. And that last one was one of them. I believe that was on a bliss point. It was called, the, the early version of that beat was called Blink 69, I think. And then this next one, and they go back to back. It's nice. Uh, what was crazy about this, right, is I had this beat, and I had the, a couple of these beats put aside for the Joe Rogan album, right? And so I'm, I'm working through these voice clips, and it's like, obviously, there's got to be this one song. There's got to be uh, the song where he's talking about DMT. He's got to be the great DMT song. And I was doing all this research. It was a lot of research for this album. I listened to hundreds of hours of, you, of your boy. Right? You know, this is this guy's been talking talking for like 10 hours a week for over a decade. And I had to find that core stuff. And some of it I had to go back in time. And this one, I had to go way back to like to over 10 years ago. A podcast he did with uh, Red Band and Duncan Trussell. And I was walking around Hollywood listening to it. I was walking around Hollywood. It was possibly the last time I went for a walk. It was. It was the last time I went for a walk all around Hollywood Boulevard, around where I used to live. You know, and I, 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 actually, did, I just, actually didn't walk. I took my son's scooter, push scooter. So I had a child scooter, right? And I'm bopping along on that listening to uh, JRE, like, really early one. I can't remember which number. It was a really early one. Shoot, I need to put the links to the, the sources in the video, don't I? I should do that. Anyway, um, and it just got to this section where he, he suddenly goes off into this thing and he just said almost everything that I was wanting him to say. I was like, there's got to be, he's going to say at some point, I'm going to get to one of these flipping podcasts and he's going to talk about Terrence McKenna, he's going to talk about being a monkey in space and he's going to talk about all this stuff. And it suddenly found it when I was going around, uh, around Los Angeles. And um, it was funny, I just passed like a big billboard for Mike Tyson's weed company just as it came in at that point. Massive billboard with Mike Tyson's smiling face and he's like got a joint or something. And I was like, that's crazy. That's so epic. And uh, I, was, I just got this folder of beats, right? And I was like, yeah, this, this beat here will be the one for this, you know? Um, it was the next point in the album, it was the right speed. And I d didn't realize that what the beat was called, and this, this is the Monkeys in Space song, the beat was called Monkey Magic Now. And I didn't even know that. Like, that, that wasn't part of my awareness when choosing the music to go with the thing to build it off. So I had Joe Rogan talking about monkeys in space and the stoned ape theory. And the beat I'd made, like, three years previously uh, was called Monkey Magic Now. And that was this beat. And the beat was initially made in part, what the first part of the beat, which was just, like, the drums and the monkey noises, uh, was made for, like, an advert of some kind. It was, like, an advert pitch. I was, back in the day, I was doing a bunch of adverts and advert pitches and... I think this one was ridiculous, like Neutrogena or something. Wanted something like Primal and whatever. And that eventually became this. It was this bit, one, another one of those beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful synchronicities. Another beautiful synchronicity in this record is that the monkeys are like perfectly in tune, not, not just with the song, because they would be with the beat. But then what Rogan goes on to do, the rhythm of Rogan's voice is the same as the monkeys, but the monkeys were there years before. The monkeys existed on this beat years before Rogan came along. Well, in the context of this song. It's very, very strange. It's very, very strange, but no more strange than, uh, than the fact that we're here at all is strange.
you know, because that's very strange. Whoa. The idea of the big one is the theory. Terence McKenna's theory was the reason why the human brain size doubled over a period of two million years, and he equates it to the time where the climate changed and rainforests receded into grasslands, and these monkeys climbed down from trees, started experimenting with new food sources. They would flip over cow patties to find like bugs and beetles and shit. When they saw mushrooms growing on the cow patties, certain groups of these monkeys started eating these mushrooms. Two things happened. One, it increased their visual acuity and made them be able to see much better. And then the other thing that happened is it made them horny. So here you have these better hunters. They can see things better. They're probably, they can throw things and they're more accurate. And then they're horny, so they're going to fuck. And then, of course, if they're eating plates of these fucking things, they're going to have psychedelic experiences. And if you're a monkey, maybe, you can have psychedelic experiences every day. It's like a forced-fed evolution thing. like a forced-fed evolution thing. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Monkeys in space. Monkeys in space. If we figure out eventually we are all one thing, these spores are all like, they can go in a vacuum. They can travel in extreme cold and extreme heat. They can absorb radiation and not get damaged. And they can travel from other planets. Like if a meteor hits, a chunk of this planet can get knocked off, get sent flying into space, and it lands on another planet. And those spores get to give birth on this planet and just communicate with all the animals that are here. When you have a DMT trip, it feels like communication with intent, but with no words. I understand exactly what you're saying. But I understand it more of as a, like a wave. It's like a very clear and obvious wave of information. Wave! One of the times I had this DMT trip, the DMT things, they always say a bunch of the same thing. Relax and don't give in to astonishment. But they're not using words. That, that's the next shit, man. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Monkeys in space. Monkeys in space. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Monkeys in space. My monkeys in space. They're starting to look at this. They're starting to back off, starting to look up at the sky. They're starting to look to the left and look to the right and go, whoa, what the fuck is this? What is this thing we're doing here? Because this isn't just, we're living life. In the beginning, Bob was a baby. Bob went to high school, then college. He played a bit of football before settling down with his... No, 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 no. That's some yeah. shit we made up to make ourselves feel more comfortable. I mean, those events are actually taking place. Bob is going to school, but that doesn't mean shit, okay? And really, something is we're flying through the fucking universe. Flying through the fucking universe. We're in space. We are in a ship. It's an organic ship. We're not on the ground. We're not on the ground. We're flying. I'm afraid to be in space in a spaceship. You're on a spaceship right now. It's just fucking huge. Hey. It's a 24,000 mile across spaceship. 24,000 mile across spaceship. Okay, it's a spaceship. That's what it is. 
Okay, it's a spaceship. We're not grounded. It's not like the universe is a solid mass and we're sitting on it. We're flying. We're right now hurling and we're spinning a thousand miles an hour around massive nuclear explosions. Like experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Monkeys in space. Monkeys in space. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Psychedelic experiences every day, every day, every day. Monkeys in space. Monkeys in space. Shouts out to those monkeys, baby. Yeah, shouts out to those monkeys. There was some confusion for a while as to whether they, what those monkeys were. And, uh, but I had to look back at the original file. It was just monkeys. It wasn't actually me. I thought I'd done some monkey noises in there, but I didn't. It was just monkeys. So that's just straight up OG monkeys in there. Just monkeying around in time with the beat and uh, and anticipating Rogan's flow. Every day, every day. Uh, monkeys in Space was the working title for the record. The record was nearly called Monkeys in Space. But Rogan actually already had an album called Monkeys in Space. Or something like that. He had a comedy album that was called something along the lines of Monkeys in Space, I think it was. Something close to that. So we went back to Experience. Experience was the initial title. But then I was like, oh, Monkeys in Space is pretty cool, and I like the idea of a visual. That was what became the visual. The artwork went through several iterations as well, by the way. There was like three different versions of the artwork uh, before we, we went with this one. And uh, this one's so good. This one's so good. Uh, I was real, yeah, I'm real happy with how this came out. Yeah, boy, Tommy F. Patterson really nailed that. Really nailed that. Uh, what did I say to him? The way I said it to him, I was like, it's like me and Rogan in like a vehicle in space. And it's like, it's like, it's got some kind of like Calvin Hobbes esque sort of energy. And, uh, you know, we're monkeys and like, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. And he came back with a couple of sketches and, uh, one of them was like a lot more Calvin and Hobbes. And this is the one that ended up, anyway, it's great. It's great. He nailed it yet again. This is, I believe, the fourth album cover Tommy F. Patterson has done for us. He did JBP with Father. He did What's Wave 6. And he did the Scott Adams album. And now he's done this. And this is great. And uh, you can now get this on a range of clothing, on a range of shirts and hoodies and shorts. You can get this on shorts. I mean, that's pretty epic. If that's not epic, I don't know what is. You can go over there, uh, go to meaningwave.com now. If you go, uh, there's a link in the in the, in the the description of this recording. You can hit that, go to meaningwave.com and shop the Kira the Don and Joe Rogan Experience album collection and get this beautiful artwork. Uh, you can get a hoodie, you can get some shorts, you can get some swimming trunks, you can get a wife beater or uh, a vest as we call them in the UK. They call him someone else in Australia, I've already forgotten. Oh yeah, there was a little bit of trivia I meant to mention about Get That Good Feeling, which I forgot. 
to mention at the time because I started thinking about monkeys in space. But you don't get that good feeling. The chorus is, I want to sweat, I want to strain, I want... What is it? I want to sweat, I want to strain, I want to sweat, I want to strain, right? What he actually said was earlier in the song, you heard it. He was doing an impression of someone being like, and he's like, I don't want to stretch, I don't want to strain. And I cut out the don't and turned it into, into I want to, I want to, I want to for the chorus. So it was it was uh, the classic inversion. I did a similar trick with the Jocko song. I think it was good. Yeah, where it was like, you know, the guy comes into him, he says, I know what you're going to say, you're going to say good. And then that became the chorus, you're going to say good. It was thrown back at him. It was one of those. A lot of the really cool songs that become really hype end up having some weird thing like that in them. It's like I never, ever, ever alter the words of the speaker to say something that isn't what they were saying, if that makes sense. I ain't making them say some stupid shit that's not what they said. But sometimes something like that will happen where you make them say what they said, but using the opposite of what they said, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Head Start Consulting says the artwork is dope as fuck. Bucko Chip says those shorts are tight. Totally getting some. Nice. Oh yeah, if you're because you're all here, everyone here, use the use the code uh, Rogan Premier. Use the code Rogan Premier at checkout and you get 10% off your order. Rogan Premier at checkout get 10% off your order. Isn't that nice? I like saying things like that. It sounds very cool. 10% off your order. I sound like one of those podcast guys. You know, one of those guys who has a podcast uh, and does adverts on the podcast. The cast of Pod. Uh, this next record is the spiritual twin, the back-to-back twin of that very first Rogan song. is a two-sided thing, you know? There was two, thi- two things he was talking about. Uh, you know, get them the fuck away from me. That was the B-side. As the, that was like the flip side of uh, this statement here. Smash that like and drop all them wave emojis in the comments right now, baby. In the comments, in the chat. Flood the chat. I think a lot of what happiness is is a management issue. You could be in a shit state of mind right now, but you can make some decisions to adjust that. And over the next couple hours, you'll get to a much better place. And these constant management decisions, they waver in and out of your life basis like this idea that you can have a good mindset and then all of a sudden you'll be happy that's horseshit it's like the tide it comes in and it comes out there's gonna be days where you're just not feeling so good physically that's going to affect the way your happiness level is it's never static it's never the, exactly the same me i'm happy i'm happy as fuck that's what i would say It's like hunger. It goes in and out. It's always there. This is something I've cultivated for a long time and avoided things that make me unhappy and figured out what those things are and been very rigid about eliminating them from my life. There's a lot of cynicism in these days about inspiration, about motivation, because there's a lot of fake shit. I see a million of these inspirational quote pages run by people that are probably depressed. You know, you see a lot of people that are talking about how to get ahead in life, but they're not really doing anything themselves. So there's a lot of cynicism involved in that. 
but there's also sincerity in it. If you just look at it with a pure heart and a pure mind, you can get a lot of energy out of that. And when you're around happy, inspirational people that are successful, it makes you feel better and you get inspired. And if you act on that inspiration, your life will be more fulfilled. And it's not just inspirational in terms of financial success, but in terms of doing difficult things. Hey, I'm happy. I'm happy as fuck. This is what I would say. I'm happy. I'm happy as fuck. This is what I would say. I think that there's a lot of people out there that think somehow or another you're going to get to some place where you're living in silk sheets and you're getting your toes done. Someone's dropping grapes into your mouth. I don't want that. That guy's not going to be happy. He's going to be bored. An hour into the grave. Get those fucking grapes away from me. Stop painting my toes. What am I doing in this bed? I got to do something. The human organism, the animal that we are, needs constant stimulation because it evolved trying to find food and escape enemies. And this is the great joy that you have in taking care of your children. You can protect your children from the elements and the enemies. And it's also the great sadness that you see in losers. When I see a loser, I see some guy who's 43 years old, lives in his parents' basement, and he fucking hates the world. I'm like, that was a baby that somebody just gave shitty nutrients to. Food or in thoughts and ideas and examples. And this kid developed these horrible, self-defeating patterns of behavior who led them to this point where they're this person with no future and no idea of how to get out of this rut and probably never will escape it. And might just wind up sucking on a gun. I'm happy. I'm happy as fuck. This is what it would say. I'm happy. I'm happy as fuck. This is what it would say. This is the world that we live in today. What up, Jared Zero? Part of that world is love you, baby. We have been fed this line of horseshit that you're supposed yeah. to seek comfort, and I don't think you are. I think you're supposed to seek lessons and you're supposed to seek difficult tasks. Difficult tasks. Because if I just think, well, tomorrow I'm just going to coast and eat Twinkies and watch TV. Oh, oh, hello, sadness, my old friend. Hello, depression. Because when you're not doing anything, you feel like shit. And that's just a part of being a human being. And we can pretend that we're something other than what we really are. And we can pretend, not me, man, I'm just cool, just chilling, doing nothing. You're a fucking human. You evolved from the fucking hundreds of thousands of years of hunters and gatherers and people that were struggling. Human reward systems are carved deeply into your DNA. And if you don't respect that, if you don't respect the mechanism of happiness and fulfillment and what you really need to do in order to feel satisfied in life, camaraderie, family, struggle, learning are imperative. Fucking happy, baby. 
pretty fucking happy. Same conversation, exactly the same bit of audio from exactly the same podcast. That bit, then this bit. Make some noise. This was the very first JRE Wave song. The first Akira the Don Joe Rogan song. Wow. Everybody's different. Everybody's similar, but everybody's different. Yeah. And your attitude has a giant effect not just on your life but on other people's lives around you that's the other thing about it those i can't catch a break guys get them the fuck fuck away from me i can't be around those guys i don't want to hear that shit i don't want to hear that shit get them the fuck away from me get them the fuck away from me get them the fuck away from me i don't want to hear that shit Get them the fuck away from me. Get them the fuck away from me. Get them the fuck away from me. I don't wanna hear that shit. I don't buy it. Cause everybody has bad breaks. I've had a shit ton of bad breaks. But you know what I did? What I do? Stand up! And I thought through it. I figured out what the fuck I did wrong. And then I went back. Yeah! It's like, I fucked up everything I've ever done a hundred times. There's no other way to do it. It's an opportunity for you to reassess, reboot, get better, figure out another way, find another way through. It's just challenges. And the people that look at those challenges go, whoa, whoa, we have these challenges. They're cancer. Hey! Those people are dangerous to be around. They will rob you of your enthusiasm. They don't give you any fuel. They're the opposite of fuel. But fuel people kicking ass. People that are out there just fucking hustling. Always, always getting things done. Always getting things done. My friend Jocko, every morning I'll check his Instagram page, 4.30, shows a picture of his watch. Get after it. Get after it. He's out there working out 4.30 in the morning. He does it every fucking morning. Why? Because he doesn't want it. That's how you do it. You go and get after it. You don't make any excuses. Those kind of guys are fuel, but those I can't catch a break guys, they're the opposite of fuel. They're just pissing on your fire. They're no fun. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't be around those guys. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that shit. Get them the fuck away from me. Get them the fuck away from me. Get them the fuck away from me. I don't want to hear that shit. The people that surround them are all yeah. Because only idiots oh. want to be around. I can't catch a break, guy. That's right, Jared Zero. Only the dummies. Welcome to level one, baby. Yeah. After a while, even if they're your good friend, you gotta be like, Bro, you gotta fucking stop! You gotta stop with those I can't catch a break bullshit. All the time you're complaining, you could be instead hustling. You could be instead chasing your dream. You could be instead figuring out what you're doing wrong, trying to prove certain aspects of your life, getting your shit together, reading a book, meditating. Something! Fucking something! All together now. Something! Fucking something! Yeah! But this I can't catch a break shit is not helping anybody. And it pushes everybody away from you. 
Oh dear. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't be around those guys. I don't wanna hear that shit. I don't wanna hear that shit. Get them the fuck away from me. Get them the fuck away from me. Get them the fuck away from me. I don't wanna hear that shit. Interesting. There's a borked version of the song in my DJ library. That's not good. That's not fun. Whatever, we move on. I'll pay attention to that. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's not on the album, is it? No. Woo! Make some noise, baby! Yeah. Everybody's got these stupid barriers they put in their own head. You gotta resist those goddamn thing, damn things, because they don't do you any good, and they certainly define the potential for your future in a negative way. It's not self-serving, and it's not even real. But this idea that there's no way to get past the starting block today is just ludicrous. It's crazy, and it's just this poor thinking. People that are trapped in bad situations, one of the problems is you feel like this is your future. You feel like you're fucked. You can't get out of that. There's no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no rainbow. And if you feel like that, that alone can be incredibly defining and limiting. But if you look at yourself objectively and say, I kind of am fucked here. I'm in credit card debt. I'm working in a shitty job. I don't like what I'm doing. I have some ideas. I need to feed those fucking ideas. I need to feed them and water them. I need to set aside a certain amount of time every day to just try to make those things happen. Every day. To just try to make those things happen. Every day. To just try to make those things happen. Every day. You can do that. Yeah. Do shit that's difficult. Every day. Every day. Do shit that's difficult. Every day. You can do that. Do shit that's difficult. Every day. Every day. Someone is doing really well, like very famous and successful. All you see is him now, flying around private jets, wearing a new pair of sneakers every day, driving around in Bentleys. You just see that. You don't see him being a young kid in Philadelphia, going to open mic nights. There's a progression that you're not with. Bonus points for knowing who he's talking about here. That takes place in everything. It takes place in office, place in comedians and musicians. There is a starting point, and then with time and focus, and as long as you reevaluate and reassess and constantly, objectively look at what you're doing, and then pursue it with passion and focus, you get better at things. There's always going to be people that are luckier than you. Some of it is luck, and some of it is courage. Some of it is putting your ass out there. Some of it is trying things. One of the things that I always like to tell people that I think you should do is do shit that's difficult. It's very important to struggle. Yeah. Do shit that's difficult. Every day. Every day. Do shit that's difficult. Every day. You can do that. Do shit that's difficult. Every day. Every day. Do shit that's difficult. It's very important to struggle. Woo! Major. 
major. Shout out to everyone who did something difficult today. Shout out to everyone who did something difficult today. What did you do today that was difficult? Two things you don't learn. Wait, some of you are doing difficult things right now. Failure some of you are doing push-ups still. Get after also it. also gives you a feeling that is very uncomfortable. And that very uncomfortable feeling helps you grow. And don't look at these failures as proof that you suck. Look at them as opportunities for growth. And don't look at these failures as proof that you suck. Look at them as opportunities to be motivated to be better. Do shit that's difficult every day, every day. Do shit that's difficult every day. You can do that. Do shit that's difficult every day, every day. Do shit that's difficult. It's very important to struggle. Do shit that's difficult every day, every day. Do shit that's difficult every day. You can do that. Do shit that's difficult every day, every day. Do shit that's difficult. It's very important to struggle. What up, Cindy Betty, been Nissy Gritty Clean in the house. Alex Brian, race car, Ken System Diagnosis, why I chase of me today. Jacob Chak has been swinging a 50-pound kettlebell for two minutes straight. Yeah. Ego Cognis hung a 200-pound winch to the ceiling of my dad's wood flirt working shop. He had to build a giant had to build a giant platform to get it up there and use a pulley system to move the piece up. Almost died twice, got it in the end. Yeah, do stuff this difficult. Do stuff this difficult. And then do stuff this easy. Do you know what the easiest thing in the world was? Easiest thing in the world. Easiest thing in the world. Making a song with the word discipline in the title. Featuring Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink. The first, by the way, this is a first. This is a legendary first from the Meaning Wave universe. This is the first time there has been a guest verse. A guest verse on a record from another Meaning Wave universe person. Other than the time me and Jordan Peterson went back to back on how I made Meaning Wave. But this is the first time two speakers have been back to back. And it had to, I had to do it, baby. I had to do it. You know, we now have the Discipline Trilogy. Discipline equals freedom. There must be discipline. And now... Discipline gets things done. The one thing that discipline definitely does hey. help you with, it helps you get things done. Well, and when you get things done, when you actually do things, you have more success. A big part of success is just not being fucking lazy and just doing it. 90% of it is just showing up. Get there and start working. Like You're not going to feel perfect every day. If I only worked out when I felt good, I'd be a fat fuck. Because there's a lot of days I don't want to do it. I mean, it's pretty much the same with everybody that actually gets good at something. There's got to be those days you push through. They're probably going to be more numerous than the days you don't. And so the benefit of discipline in my eyes has always been that through discipline, I get things done. I'm like the most lazy, disciplined person I know. Because I don't want to do it. Through discipline, I get things done. Bro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. I also think 
that discipline is a pathway to creativity. Ah! The battlefield is an absolute exercise in creativity. How are we going to attack them? How are we going to disorganize them? How are we going to get in their heads? That's all just massive creativity. And when I look at people that are artists, I would imagine the more disciplined you are, you got to write stuff down. You got to read. You got to increase your vocabulary so that you are quicker and sharper so that when people are saying things, you have more words to battle back at them. All those things, all that freedom that you get on stage comes from the discipline. You study, you learn, you read, you write, you talk, you go through things. Yeah. Is that an accurate statement? Absolutely accurate. Through discipline, I get things done. The pro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. Through discipline, I get things done. The pro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. Yeah! It doesn't matter if you're sick, doesn't matter if you have kids, you're a pro and you go to work. And you have pride in that. And then when you are in front of that keyboard, you look down the count, it says, I fucked a thousand words today. And out of that work, gems blossom. Well, you might have a day where you just write nothing but dog shit. So what? Show up again tomorrow. And tomorrow out of that dog shit, a flower will emerge. Through discipline, I get things done. The pro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. Through discipline, I get things done. The pro goes to work. Through discipline, I get things done. This is what I do. Yeah! This is what I do. Make some noise for Joe Rogan and Joko. JJ, baby, JJ. We got three speakers on this album. Joe Rogan's album. We got guest spot from Joko and a little guest appearance from Jordan. It's that Triple J, baby. Make some noise for that Triple J. Now, here's a true story. first time I was ever introduced to Joseph Rogan was back in my former life as a music journalist. I was a music journalist way back in, uh, way back in the day, around 2000. Uh, and it was all part of my evil plan to become you know, a professional musician. I was like, if I sneak in and become a music journalist, then I'll be in the music industry and I can, I can get a record deal and shit, because that's what you used to have to do back in the old days. And uh, I, was, uh, I was influential, you know? And press officers, said they'd come to me and they'd be like, Kira the Don. I wasn't called a Kira the Don, but let's just pretend they were saying a Kira the Don. They'd say, you've got clout. That's what they meant. They're like, here's this thing that we've got and we want your clout to help us launch this thing. And they had this thing they wanted to launch and it was a little show called Fear Factor. And it wasn't on TV in the UK, but there was this new kind of thing. There was a kind of weird sort of internet television sort of system. Way before uh, Netflix, way before everything there is now. It was some kind of slightly internet-related new TV network, and its main show that it was using to try and push things was a a reality show called Fear Factor. And people were going to be eating bugs and shit like that, and there was this uh, guy, Joseph, Dr. Joseph Rogan, apparently was presenting it, you know? And uh, they gave me uh, all these DVDs uh, to watch and, like, gave us loads of stuff to give away in competition prizes and all this type of thing, and they asked me to interview the presenter 
of the show. And I literally just remembered this part of it. I forgot this bit of it. They asked me to interview him. And uh, I didn't. And I can't even remember why. I basically just said, oh, this, we're doing a music magazine. I don't think I should be talking to like some guy from a reality TV show. You know, I don't think we need to be like wasting my time talking to a guy from a reality TV show. I'm going to talk to Andrew WK and Dead Prez this week. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So strangely enough, I could have spoken with uh, Joe Rogan 20 years ago. But uh, anyway, this song is called Fear Factor. <laughs> I didn't want to work with actors anymore. So I was happy that Fear Factor was no actors. Since I had a background in coaching, I was used to teaching people and I was used to encouraging people and getting people motivated. When someone was nervous and they're about to do something, I could grab them and go, look at me. You could do this. Look at me. You could do this. Look at me. You could do this. This is going to define you. If you back up, get scared, and give in to your fears, this is going to define you. Look at me. You could do this. Look at me. You could do this. If you just press and realize you can do this and succeed, it will define you in a positive way. You can do this. It was completely unexpected because I thought the gig was just going to be these people do these crazy things. I make fun of it, you know, we all cheer and it would all play itself out because it was a reality show. But somewhere along the line, especially when they became really nervous, it was very intense. There was moments where I really, I wanted these people to win. You know, I wanted these people to do their best. I wanted these people to succeed. There was one time, there was this father and the son competing against a mother and the daughter. And the father and the son were kind of jerks. And they thought that they were going to win. The parent and child teams had gotten down to two. And it was the man and his son versus the woman and her daughter. And everybody thought these jerks were going to win. We were kind of bummed out about it. But the woman and her child, they just rose to the occasion. I mean, I remember talking to them and firing them up. I didn't know if they could do it. I didn't know if they could do it. Look at me. You can do this. Look at me. You can do this. This is going to define you. If you back up, get scared, give it your fear, this is going to define you. Look at me. You can do this. Look at me. You can do this. If you just press and realize you can do this and succeed, it will define you in a positive way. You can do this. It was some crazy thing that they had to climb and do this thing, had to gather flags, it was all the time. The kind of jerky son, the jerky dad, they kept screwing up. They fucked up because they'd kind of taken it for granted that they were going to win. A lot of times, jerks are just insecure. And when they're under pressure, when they're really faced with real pressure, like this is the real moment. Who are you really? Who are you really? Fuck all that talk. Who are you really? They fall apart. The mother and the daughter won. You're talking about a hardened crew of people that have watched people eat animal dicks, jump, jump out of helicopters, season after season, episode after episode. Everybody cried. The camera people, 
I don't cry now if I'm thinking about it. Just seeing their spirit when they were figuring out a way to win, watching them win, or to this day. Look at me. You could do this. Look at me. You could do this. This is going to define you. If you back off, get scared, and give in to your fear, this is going to define you. Look at me. You could do this. Look at me. You could do this. If you just press and realize you can do this and succeed, it will define you in a positive way. You can do this. For sad things. I tear up for happy things. It's never been sad things. It's very hard to get me to cry with sad things. I'm trying. Success. People pulling through. When someone has a particularly incredible performance, I have the fight off tearing up. I feel so happy for them. With sad things, I can objectively analyze them, and I cannot get sad. I can understand that this is just life, and it is what it is. I mean, I won't feel good, but I won't start weeping. I don't weep for sad things the way I weep for happy. I can rationalize and understand sorrow. I can internalize it. I get it. I just get so happy for people sometimes when things go well. As a human being, you realize how hard it is to overcome competition or these difficult moments or these these moments when you're tested. And you know there's fears and insecurities that these people have to battle, as well as the actual physical task in front of them. There's so much going on. Look at me. You can do this. Look at me. You can do this. This is going to define you if you back off. Get scared and give in to your fears. This is going to define you. Look at me. You can do this. Look at me. You can do this. If you just press and realize you can do this and succeed, it will define you in a positive way. You can do this. You can do this. discipline and success. I don't even like going to movies where they're sad. I'm not interested. I know it's sadness. I've been sad. I get it. I'm not interested in getting that in a form of entertainment. I like success. I like I like seeing people triumph. I like seeing the human spirit manifest itself in spectacular ways. Make some noise for the human spirit manifesting itself. In spectacular ways. That was Fear Factor. From Experience, the Akira Dadan and Joe Rogan LP. And I've got to say, when I was making that, I kept dropping a little solitary single Blake. You know the tear that just like goes... Zoof. That one was getting me, baby. That was getting me. And there was something in the way like the harmonics, the, the instruments and everything all, all combined. And like the way he just, you know how much he meant it. You know how much he meant it. Look at me, you can do this. And then the bit where he's like, I didn't know if they could do it. He's like, ah, oh, come on. 
Come on, baby. Come on. The only way. Make some noise in the chat if you are feeling this experience. He's got clout. Called experience. The opportunity takes place usually when Woo! you're young and you don't have any responsibility. That's yeah. when you have your options. Well, your options are severely limited the more you gather responsibilities. Like, if I had, as a 51-year-old father of three, married man, pays taxes, has a house and a mortgage and a business and all that jazz, if I had to quit everything now and struggle the way I struggled as a stand-up comedian, it would never work. The only way I could be this person now is if I took that chance when I was 21, when I was dead broke and had my cars repossessed and all that stuff. That's, that's the only way you ever get where you want to go. You're going to take a path that's dangerous. Take a path that's dangerous. The only way you ever get where you want to go. You're going to take a path that's dangerous. Take a path that's dangerous. The only way you ever get where you want to go. You're going to take a path that's dangerous. Take a path that's dangerous. The only way you ever get where you want to go. You're going to take a path that's dangerous. Take a path that's dangerous. And most people want to take the safe path. The safe path leaves you stuck in quiet desperation. Almost every time. It's hell. It's hell. You're selling insurance or some other shit that you care zero about. It's hell. It's hell. It's hell. The only way you ever get where you want to go You're gonna take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous The only way you ever get where you want to go You're gonna take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous The only way you ever get where you want to go You're gonna take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous The only way you ever get where you want to go You're gonna take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous the way you can change is you have to put aside enough money to give yourself a window. And then you have to have a plan. And you have to spend all your waking hours outside of whatever shit job you do planning your escape. And you have to come to the realization very clearly that you fucked up. And you got yourself stuck. So whatever you're doing, you have to do it like your life depends on it. And whether it is... You're trying to be an author and you're working eight hours a day plus commuting plus family responsibilities or whatever time that you have you have to attack like you're trying to save the world you're trying to save your life you don't want to drown that one and a half hours a day that you have to write god damn you better be caffeinated and motivated you gotta go you gotta get after it you gotta go you gotta get after it get after it get after it the only way you ever get where you want to go You have to take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous The only way you ever get where you want to go You have to take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous The only way you ever get where you want to go You have to take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous The only way you ever get where you want to go You have to take a path that's dangerous Take a path that's dangerous Take a bath, it's dangerous. Take a bath. The only way you ever get where you wanna go. You're gonna take a bath, it's dangerous. Take a bath, it's dangerous. The only way you ever get where you wanna go. 
That is over. It's like pew, pew, pew. Just smash you in the face with 13 bangers. It was very important to me that every song was epic. It was very important to me that every song was absolutely epic. All killer, no filler. I mean, I never do filler. I don't do filler. Filler is not something I do. You know, but like this one, it had to be like, oh, just straight up five stars, four or five stars. Maybe like some of the, you know, even, even, even in one like Fear Factor, that was still hard, even though it was like soft. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, baby? And then we finished where we started. But we finished so much more powerful and epic than when we started. I'll just give you a little contrast, right? That's Be The Hero 2. And Be The Hero 1 starts like this. That's the very first song on the album. Just to, just to remind you of where we came from. You have to be the hero. Started there, end up here. Yeah! You see what happened? You see what happened, you see what we went through and where we ended up. You have to be the hero. Yeah, this is where we ended up, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be the hero. You have to be the hero. You story. and moments. 
Experience the brand new album from Akira the Don and Joe Rogan. It is out now. Experience exists. The Joe Rogan Akira the Don album exists. You've been asking for me, me for it every day for two years. It exists. Shouts out to everyone who's patient. Shouts out to everyone who's patient. I do remember once someone sent me a message and went something along the lines of this. I've been waiting a year or something for a Joe Rogan album. If you haven't done one yet, I'm unsubscribing from you. F you, you something. <laughs> God bless that person. I hope they hear the album. I hope they enjoy it. Yeah. What a Caroline H says, I used to be the villain of my own story. I'm the hero now. That's real. That's real. I think a lot of us can relate to that. I can relate to that. You know, it's a lot of, the, it's a lot of the stuff uh, with framing. You're actually encouraged. There's a big thing in the culture now to uh, self-identify with an anti-hero or even a villain. You notice that um, all of Sony, I mean, Hollywood's dead now, but all of Sony's slate pre-Tom Hanks for upcoming superhero movies. They were all villains. Venom was the villain. You know, he like, wanted to eat Spider-Man's brains. 
you know, he eventually became a kind of anti-hero, I guess, but he was a villain. Then they had Morbius, the living, Morbius, the living vampire, also a villain. Then they had a Sinister Six movie lined up. That was a team of villains. It's been this weird obsession with theirs for ages, you know. TV shows about friendly serial killers. All that. So you go, yeah, I'm a bit like that. I'm gonna, I, you know, you're a teenager, you're angsty. Yeah, I'm gonna identify with the antiheroes and the villains. And you're like, oh, they're, they're much cooler anyway, right? I don't know, baby. I don't think Skeletor was cooler than He-Man, you know? So was more of a He-Man guy myself. Kayla Shirelstart-Nekov says, I'll add Meaning Wave exists to my Tinder bio. Oh my goodness, shouts out to you. Imagine being on Tinder. Yo! I was never on Tinder, baby. I'm very, I'm very happy that I, that I missed that whole part of the world. I didn't never do no tending. I never swiped left or right on nobody's face, you know? Feels disrespectful. <laughs> I'm very happy for that. And I'm very happy to be here right now with this epic album existing. Make some noise for yourself, MAZ. Without you, none of this exists. Meaning Wave exists, but without you, Meaning Wave does not exist. Yo! Make some noise for Spectrum Internet. How's the internet been tonight? There've been no, as far as I tell, there's been no catastrophic drop-offs, but I feel it, it like, it's it's stopped for a millisecond quite a few times. Is that right? I told you the guy was around yesterday. He's like, yeah, it's fixed, it's fixed, it's all good. Never believe these people. Yeah, yeah. Lex Weisbum says code is Rogan Premier. Yeah, that's right. So if you want to go get yourself some epic uh, Akira the Don and Joe Rogan experience merch. You can see it on the screen right now. If you're looking at the screen, we got shorts, we got hoodies, we got all that. Uh, get over to meaningwave.com right now. Get that good feeling, baby. Get that good stuff and use the code Rogan Premier, all caps, at the checkout for a 10% discount off your entire order today. Only on meaningwave.com. Meaningwave.com. Because motivation beats meaning. Meaningwave.com. Because happiness is a side effect of meaning. Yeah! Yeah! It's true. I want to shout out everyone who's been supporting tonight. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for supporting. Without your support, this would not occur. Your support makes it uh, okay for us to spend four hours a day streaming, baby. And uh, so thank you to you, you know. Big shout out to you. Who am I shouting out right now? My wrist. Oh, my Lord. I really need to get one of these Madonna microphones. Oh. Oof. Uh, hello. 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 Thank you, Matt Lally. ATD on the JRE before the conclusion of 2020. Boom. Boom. Make it happen, baby. Dream that into existence. Dream it into existence. Uh, I, I meant to play the instrumental. I meant to play, Sorry, Joseph. I had to play the instrumental. You have to play the instrumental Because you don't want to talk over other people talking What up, Maria Lizak? 
Uh, what up, everyone who was doing push-ups during that? I didn't, couldn't quite tell what was going on during that. It seemed like lots of people were doing push-ups. Is that right? Uh, Matt Lally. MH Digital Web, thank you, baby. Uh, thank you, Red King. This one goes out to all the people slowly becoming the heroes of their own story. Bless up, Mans and Akira. Bless up you, Red King. Bless up, Axel Stacks. Bless up, Jareth O, new member. Bless up, In Madness Lies Sanity. Bless up, Frankie Blaze, and bless up, Andrew Kamaromi. Bless up all of y'all, and particularly... Uh, bless up, Chris O'Dell, for linking us up. And bless up, Joe Rogan, for permitting this to exist. And the whole team as well. Bless up that whole team over there. God bless all of y'all. You have to be. Whoa. You have to be. You have to be. Kailash says, shout out to Akira, man. I think you don't realize how much good you've created with this album. Hey, thank you. I mean, I intended to create good. The intention was to create something useful. The reason I wanted to integrate Rogan into the universe was, I believe, he is very, very useful and holds many, many keys. Uh, you know, I always say this, like, uh, you want to reach the normies. People use normies as a, uh, as like a slur. I think that's disgusting. You know, that just means like regular people, you know? And you want to reach the regular people. And that's why Jordan Peterson was successful because he was able to communicate some really big ideas in a way that regular people could understand. That's why the self-described intellectual class can't stand him. I think they, they used... They, what was that sneering thing they once said about him? He's like, oh, he's like... Uh, he's like a smart guy for dumb guys or something like that, right? They call him something like that. They hate that. They hate that. They hate the idea that, like, big ideas could be in the hands of everybody. And everybody could understand them, you know? And Rogan's the same. Rogan translates all manner of incredibly useful things into uh, a way that, you know, the regular people can, can get. And, uh, you know, I consider myself a regular person. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a certified wave lord, and that's definitely irregular. But, you know, I ain't no super genius, and I... But, like, all of this stuff, all of this stuff, it's yours. They don't have it. It's not theirs. Like, the, the intellectual class or the, the elite sporting class or whatever. They don't have... Uh, you know, they don't have exclusive rights to the information. They don't have exclusive rights to the techniques. This shit is open source. These things are for everybody. And uh, in building the Meaning Wave universe, I've been very carefully and deliberately building uh, brick upon brick upon brick, a sequence of ideas and uh, techniques and skills, concepts that will help you become that hero of your own movie, baby. And this key right here is called Experience. It's called Joseph Rogan and Akira the Don. Experience the album. I hope you find it useful in your life, baby. And I want to thank you for being here and allowing me to create this stuff. You know, if you don't make stuff, there is no stuff. But if you don't buy the stuff, you can't make the stuff. You know, if you don't listen to this stuff, you know what I mean? What use the stuff? So thank you for your inspiration, your motivation, your attention, your energy, your love, your brilliant ideas, uh, your attention, your support, 
your righteous bad motherfuckerdom, baby. I appreciate you. And I won't be able to do this without you. And with your assistance, you know, with your with your help, with your energy, and with your permission. <laughs> I don't know about permission. But it is that, because yours by being here and by engaging, you're saying yes. Yes, Akira the Don, go forth, do the stuff. So, you know, with that, I will, uh, we will, because it ain't just me, we will continue to boldly stride forward to our destiny and keep furnishing you, you with an increasingly powerful uh, universe of music for you to help, to help you integrate the wisdom of the ages and the skills you need to be the best you you can be, baby. Coming up in the Meaning Wave universe... Jocko 2. JBP Wave 10. Naval 2. How to Get Rich Part 2. Meaning Wave Masterpieces 2. And a whole bunch of stuff I ain't gonna spoil the surprise of. Because you know how I love surprises, baby. We're here every night at 7, every morning at 7. Every time the clock hits 7, I'll be right here, baby. There'll be some beautiful lighting and there'll be some beautiful music and there'll be a beautiful me and a beautiful you. That's all I know, baby. Every time the clock hits 7, that's the truth. We'll be here at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning on Twitch. We'll be here at 7 tomorrow evening on YouTube for that Saturday night throwdown, baby. That party. That Saturday night splash. You know how we do. You know, and uh, if you want to support the wave, you know what to do. You can use you can go to meaningwave.com and get that get that new merch. And you can use that 10% discount code, Rogan Premier, and get 10% off your whole order. You can become a member of the channel. You can become a member of the Patreon. You can go to Bandcamp and download all of the music or some of the music. Up to you. You can smash that like. You can share that link. You can ring your mom. You can ring your priest, 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 priest. You can go onto the Instagram of your favorite person. You can go hashtag Meeting Wave Exhaust. You can be the hero of your own story. And you can join me right now. Join me right now. Join me right now. For the International by Five. Oh, shoot. Look who's been here. Have you, how long have you been here, Tommy Patterson? Make some noise for Tommy Patterson. We were talking about your genius earlier, Tommy Patterson. Man like Tommy Patterson, who drew this? Who drew this? Make some noise for Tommy Patterson in the chat by Joe. Tommy Patterson was showing me a comic book he's been working on the other day. It's epic. Ooh, what an epic comic book. Yeah. Tommy Patterson just showed up. Just showed up right at the end. We were just saying goodbye. Tommy Patterson exists. I mean, that's pretty triumphant music for Tommy Patterson to enter to. Yeah! Yeah, 
to be the Tommy of Patterson. If you want to draw epic covers like this, I'm afraid you're going to have to be that guy. Yo. Anyway. Ego Cognis, Tommy, love the art, my man. Joe's Bakery, great work, Tommy. Show Rhino, hey, Tommy, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Yes. You have to be there. Hey. Anyway, we're going to do that by five. And uh, then we can all go over to Meaning Wave Radio. We can go over to Meaning Wave Radio 24-7, the other stream on this channel that's there right now. We can go hang out over there. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Yeah! Meaning Wave exists! Tommy F. Patterson exists! Meaning Wave Radio 24-7 exists! Here the Donna Joe Rogan experience exists. Consistent laying in the MAZ exists. Yeah, baby, it's just good news all around. Good news all around. All right, let's do it, baby. It's time for that by five. Three, two, one. Yo! Epic times, baby. I'll see you over in Mini Wave Radio 24-7 in a sec. Peace and love. God bless. And sweet dreams. I made it, peace.